0: Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for July 5th of 2018. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com.
1: I'm Cameron Welch from HockeyHurts.com.
0: And this is the free agency podcast. (laughs) And also trades. And maybe trades.
1: Well, that's probably the more exciting part now, considering what's happened thus far.
0: So... I think we'll lead off with a maybe trade, and then we will um, go over some of the the bigger moves uh, that happened this past week. Uh, Obviously, John Tavares included in there, Ryan O'Reilly, big Carolina trade in there. But we're going to lead off with the best defenseman in the league is going to get traded.
1: So we're all pretty confident this is actually going to happen aren't we like everything that I've read everything that you you sort of see on little clips and stuff looks like he's gonna move
0: yeah the, he he's gone and and what makes it even like it's typical ottawa not knowing how to do anything right <laughs> like they ditched Hoffman for peanuts you know and you had that whole girlfriend uh that was just gross if that stuff's true and i assume it was because you normally don't move highly productive scoring wingers for nothing and then have the team that you traded it to work you over and get more value
1: oh yeah and then trade that player straight back in your division which was apparently the reason you didn't do the original trade anyway morons
0: it's also moronic to not get value regardless of a stupid division yeah just get value back and they didn't so now carlson is he's gone and there's really not much for an ottawa senators fan to hang their hopes on and quite frankly I don't know what franchise is in a worse spot right now. Um, Them or the Islanders? Ottawa. Yeah.
1: And that's mainly because um, of the owner. The owner has just shown a propensity to just get it wrong more times than not.
0: That's all. How come he didn't launch a CSI investigation into the Hoffman stuff? (laughs) (laughs)
1: significant <laughs> let that go I no
0: <laughs> funny what a jackass he is but <laughs> so Eric Carlson is going to have uh, potential suitors obviously the issue being the Senators want to pawn off the Bobby Ryan contract only a few teams can probably do that Vegas being one of them in fact I don't know how Vegas hasn't already made this happen
1: I do, because their general manager is not general manager of the year material. Like, this is literally a no-brainer. It is take the two contracts on. You've got so much cap space falling out of your rear end and give them Thomas Tatar or something stupid like that. Like, to what they have to give them back, give them Nate Schmidt. Like, if you look at the list of defensemen that they've got, like you've got to have some form of salary go back to make this this happen like it's not like you said it's not a complicated process seriously unless they everyone's trying to just screw ottawa right up the ass which is possible because
0: everybody knows they're stuffed um yeah vegas to me makes complete sense like y- you just went on your stanley cup final run the fans are going to be with you with um, these kind of moves now. It's not going to be, oh, we're an expansion team, let's slowly... No, I mean, they got a pretty good-sized chunk of success already. I've, I mean, that goes without saying. Uh, they lost Perron and Neal. That's like $9 million.
1: The other thing I don't get is they... They could have made this deal happen at the deadline, apparently, but they didn't want to give up their first-round draft pick from the previous draft.
0: Cody, now Cass.
1: I no idea. The sort of the thing that baffles me with that decision is that. Imagine that team with Eric Carlson on it. Their ability to move, like, do, do you know what I mean? Like, I reckon, I reckon the horse has bolted. In regards to, you already had lightning in a bottle.
0: Well, yes. I mean, there is that.
1: So, yeah, you go and get Carlson for, well, you can sign him for eight years, right? So you'll have him for this year plus eight more. You'll be paying him 11 million bucks.
0: Which is a deal, by the way.
1: (laughs) At a minimum. At a minimum. um, For the, you know, the next eight years on. He will make them substantially better and will help carry the team through, I reckon, a pretty tough transition over the next couple of years because you're not going to have everyone have career years again. Maybe it hasn't bolted. I'm almost talking myself into doing it, but I don't know. That would do it. Oh, nine versions of me would. There's one version that would say no.
0: And, you know, they got Paul Stasny. Oh, about that. Who's, who's really going to help out with center depth. I think they can uh, – Perron and Neil had good years for them. It's not going to be like, oh, well, we can just replace them. But Correct. wingers are um, a little easier to come by. They needed a little bit of center depth. And you can really break out of your own end with Carlson. So, But Vegas is just one of the options. Tampa Bay seems to be – Sticking how? their neck out there. <laughs> how? <laughs> I, uh, clearly, they're not in on the Bobby Ryan package.
1: Yeah, okay. If it's even then, how?
0: Well, I can tell you right now, if they get Carlson, Kucherov is gone.
1: Yeah. Okay. And I suppose that's the cost, isn't it?
0: I personally would not make that deal. And even weirder. Um, because Steve Eisenman's, uh done more, wait, made a lot more good moves than than bad moves, but extending Ryan McDonough and J.T. Miller before you kind of get the Carlson stuff figured out seems a little strange to me.
1: Absolutely.
0: Like, wouldn't you want to hold off on the McDonough thing? It's not like he's a UFA.
1: And it's not like it's a short-term deal either. Like, I mean, it's... And McDonough's 29, so, you know, theoretically, you're at the back end of his his prime window and it's, it's only going to get worse from here. So you just hope that his fall off the map is a slow one. Um, so you're right. Having Nikita Kucherov be the uh, cost of doing business to get... Um, Carlson, it just—it just seems folly. I mean, he's twenty-five; he's got a stack of good years in front
0: of him. He's great.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not like we're talking—you know—in the top ten, if not the top one, players. If he's hot at the right time of the year, going around at the moment. So, you know, he stirs. He—he's the straw that stirs the drink for that team, also, than Stamkos. As good as Stamkos is, Kucherov... yeah. Stam-
0: Stamkos, jeez, uh, I don't want to call him a complimentary player because he's certainly not that. But I think he, it's it's not his team anymore, as far as no. on ice play. Correct. I mean, yeah. Man, imagine rolling out a Hedman Carlson. <laughs> oh, but not even that.
1: Imagine, imagine being able to just alternate the two of them. So you, like, you, you would barely have a situation where they wouldn't be on the ice between the two of them.
0: Ah, yes, the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, yeah. The Pronger-Niedermeyer. Exactly. That was amazing. I, I probably told the story before, but I I went to a triple overtime game that, that year that they won it all. They were on the – one of them was on the ice, like, the whole time, which is that uh, Joe DePenta uh, – who the hell was the other defenseman? The left Can't remember off the top of my head, but they barely played that bottom pairing. Yeah, why bother? But same thing, except they wouldn't be paired with, um, I think Niedermeyer was with Beauchemin. Sean, Mac- is Sean McDonald, is that Sean O'Donnell? Yeah, it
1: would have they sure with, i uh, Yeah.
0: That was with Pronger. And... Um, in this case, you'd have either Strawman and McDonough, who are, would be their own great pair. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's. So you reckon you'd say no? Like you go, Tampa shouldn't do it because of the, the cost of doing business will eventually be the loss of Kucherov.
0: <clears throat> That's my prediction because he's yeah. deuce. He's only making four point five. They, they fucked it. Well, he fucked himself by not taking an offer sheet. Which is what he should do.
1: Yeah, well... We'll see where he ends up in regards to how... He rightfully should be asking to make sure he is the highest-paid player on that roster.
0: Um... Yeah, it probably would be easily. What's their highest? Stamkos?
1: Yeah, Stamkos is 8.5. So... He's an eleven million dollar forward he is he really is and this is the thing like you can hear both of us salivating over having Carlson on this team, but you do have to sit there if your eyes are in and go is it is it worth losing a couple of guys on this roster because this is a pretty good this is this is a Stanley Cup winning roster as far as I'm concerned as it stands right now so. Do you fuck with it just to get the best defenseman in the world at the moment, considering that you still do need to have three three lines up front?
0: I suppose there's always... Maybe they don't give up as much as you think.
1: Well, that's a high possibility. So, you, you know, I sit here saying this, and the next minute you know they've given a bag of pucks and Bobby Ryan, you know, so...
0: Yeah, I think um, Dallas has been talked about a lot in some prospect that's apparently unmovable that I've never heard of. But that doesn't mean he's not good because I don't really. (laughs) Not really on that stuff all the time. Yep. Uh, But it seems stupid for Dallas to. And, let's be honest, it would be for Spezza. (laughs) Yeah, you're
1: right, you know. That's um.
0: How else would you, as the owner that thinks you can outsmart the fans, try to cover up Carlson? Hey, former legend, Spezza. Yeah. Everybody's just like, God damn you. Yeah, I know. It,
1: just, it wouldn't be fun being an Ottawa Senators fan at the moment at all. I mean, you know, our last podcast was you and me getting angry over a uh, one bad signing followed by sort of another, and it's like, you know, we haven't missed the playoffs in ten or twelve years or whatever the hell it is. The Senators are just, well, it's all even when they, I know, but geez, they, they're a tire fire. Yeah,
0: they're pretty crappy, but. It'll be interesting to see where Carlson goes because he has lifted up the senators of all teams for many years and putting him with actual good team would be really fun. And and for him personally, I just want him out of there. And I have for a long time because I don't really respect that franchise much. And it is, (laughs) it is owner related, not obviously fan related, but you know that's a franchise that doesn't move the needle at all for really anybody, even in Canada.
1: No, I, no, I mean, you know, everyone sort of jokes that it's going to be Phoenix that, that gets relocated, but they're close, they're really close because they're not, they're probably not going to get that arena in Ottawa, in downtown Ottawa. If they don't, then Melnickel. Look to sell it off.
0: I I bet yeah. he's kind of being pressured to sell.
1: Oh, he should be. I don't he's, know by he, I don't know
0: by who, but I, there are reports that there's been offers. Yeah. So,
1: and I mean, he'd be silly to sell it on the first the first go. Like hold on to it, get some value up for it because there's a demand for it, and then get out. But, um, you're kind of pushing shit uphill at the moment with that. With that franchise and trying to sell it,
0: well, I guess I mean it's mostly wait and see with this. I don't really have a strong prediction other than I don't know how. Like you said, how the hell is Tampa going to do it? Um, I still think Vegas should give it a give it a whirl. I think the Islanders supposedly tried, but again. Uh, Carlson would have to want to play for you and what the hell is the drawing card there because not yeah. I, I, the obvious is John Tavares but they also the Islanders were in a unique spot this summer for um, the Tavares thing because he was the best UFA forward but you could argue they could have the best UFA defenseman and lost him too
1: oh the hug yeah
0: so, Jesus Christ the Dehan one makes no sense to me. Uh, outside of maybe Dehan told them no, which I haven't seen. Because, you know, we could spend a long time talking about John Tavares and and his value <laughs> and you know what he means to that franchise and the shit that he's put up with, uh, but Dehan. They lost him because they wanted to reunite the most overrated fourth line ever.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny. You um, you see some of these moves that Luz made and the volume of tweets that came out saying, well, we can guess who was the smart signings and who were the heart signings in Toronto because as soon as Luz left, that sort of style of, of um contractors turned up in um in new york and and dubis has, has sort of been getting ticks for you know shrewd signings and, and more analytical based uh signings and stuff like that so it's it's just funny how i also like the fact that tafire said well i've got no reason to stay here these guys are all new i've got no loyalty to these guys so fuck it i'll go back to i'll go back home
0: not for nothing he don't owe shit to nobody, even if they weren't the new guys.
1: Yeah, of course you've said that you've said that quite a bit, but I do like the fact that he sort of went, "Well, fuck it, you just changed
0: everything at the very end. I'm gone." And changed what Barry Trotz? Do you think Barry Trotz was the reason that Washington won it all?
1: They won it in spite of him. I've said that a few times.
0: I mean, it took forever to get Verona a regular shift.
1: It took injuries and suspensions to give a It happened in spite of Trotz. Not because Trotz went, oh, that's a good idea. He ran out of options.
0: And, you know, he didn't start Holpe for the playoffs, which, you know, um, I'm not going to bash him too much there because the numbers were significantly different during the regular season. Holpe did not have a very good... His standard. But, anyways, um, like that's the drawing card. Lou Lamarillo's the drawing card. You think John Tavares didn't see over the murky waters in the tri state area and saw how the devils had been doing? Yeah. He's right there to see all the devils' bullshit for years. Mm. And then Ray Sharrow comes and, you know, I think he's done pretty good with a what I thought was one of the worst situations in hockey. And then Chiarelli gave him his get-out-of-jail-free card. <laughs> and the Devils are kind of, you know, they're not spinning their tires anymore. They're they're actually kind of Well, I have a in. direction. Yeah, I have a and, direction. And a positive one. I don't know how quick it, it'll happen and how far they can go, uh, but... The Islanders, he gave them a decade plus. They don't have an arena. They they don't have anything. Look at that roster. It's so weird. It is.
1: It feels like it's a roster constructed by a general manager that had like three or four different plans at three or four different times. And sort of changed course you know two or three years on and it's like well the roster's sort of all bent out of shape you've got guys at the sort of the wrong age and um and, and guys that are like um that don't really mesh in regards to how they play together it's you know i mean everybody patted him on the back for the the boy chuck and letty sightings um but they fell into his lap you know, that was other teams' cap issues, not so much his ability to seek these players out and, and, and get them on the cheap.
0: Yes. Um, and those guys, um, that's a while ago now.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, It's, it's amazing how um, general managers can ride on the coattails of a couple of good deals um. Yet yeah, you make a couple of bad ones, and and they seem to be able to get away with it over and over and over.
0: Yeah. There's there's nothing there.
1: But sure. they're gonna to have to massively overpay for Eberly to stay. Yeah. And if I was if I was Barzal, and certainly if I was Josh Hosang, I'd be looking to try and get my ass out of there as quick as I could.
0: Well, I don't even think they want Josh Hosang the way they. And. Yes. Lou Lamarillo with Hosang? Yeah, okay. You think he's gonna wear sixty six anymore? Lou is such a loser. He's already he's already changed his number. Somebody uh Garrick on um Twitter of Hockey Graphs, he pointed out to me that maybe that's usually the case at that camp.
1: Oh, or or that was think?
0: his AHL number. And it was run by the AHL coach, so maybe Anyways, Lou is still a loser, regardless of the number. <laughs> he, he really is. What has he done in the last decade? Done. They got one lucky run to the um, Stanley Cup final, and that was in 2011-12 when the Flyer or flurry fucked up the Penguins uh, last Best run of the stall era. Pittsburgh would have obliterated that New Jersey team. So the path was cleared. Uh, he, he His facial hair, everything about him, I do not like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. I don't. I There's don't nothing
0: appealing about him. You're in an entertainment business and you're old, crotchety and you have all these stupid rules because of, why, I don't know, some faux tradition or uh, some, what a stupid culture. Yep. He sucks. Yeah. And quite frankly, I hope that these moves aren't him being smart trying to tank them, because I do think that's like the only path forward for the Islanders right now. Even with the lottery odds lower, you still need to get in the top three. I'm hoping he yeah, actually yeah. thinks they're going to be a playoff team with these. I really dislike them, and I've never really cared much for the Islanders in general, and that has nothing to do with uh, the Volick goal in 93. <laughs> That's just, they, they're they never really all that interesting. Uh, I mean... sorry. I, I mean, you have the Milberry years where they, they give away Spezza and Chara for Yashin. Like, what is there in DiPietro for a thousand years?
1: Yeah, that sucks for me because he was a good goalie. He couldn't stay healthy. So, you know, that's a tough one.
0: Yeah. But the other stuff well, I absolutely agree with. Yeah, but you still don't give him a 15-year
1: contract. Absolutely, absolutely agree with that.
0: <laughs> 15 fucking years to a goalie. Holy shit! I don't think that <laughs> was snow, though. I think that happened right before he got hired. I know this is ancient history, but but um, you know, we've talked a lot Islanders. Uh, Tavares with the Leafs is super exciting and not good news for the rest of the east at all because uh, no i do think they have an argument for having the top three centers in hockey but i still think it's pittsburgh in this moment because i do think crosby and malkin are still as a duo a notch above matthews and tavares and it will be Matthews that drags that up because I don't think Tavares will ever be as good as Crosby or Malkin.
1: Well, yeah, I mean,
0: and, and maybe Rochadri aging is, curves yeah.
1: get into it, yeah. but it,
0: it. for next year, the the difference maker is Broussard is a great third line center. Kadri's amazing. Yeah, third line center. It's so for, for me. Holistically, it legitimately, it might be Toronto.
1: Yeah, it looked to me. It looks like a wash. It that like the top three. The difference is that Pittsburgh's fourth-line center seems to be a little bit better than their fourth-line center. But you've got to have coaches that are going to play four
0: lines for that to matter. So... But Kadri is a third. Get out of here, man. That's yeah, I know. like That stalls. And, and quite yeah. frankly, you know, Kadri's maybe, well, poor Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> He's always tasked with the impossible and... Usually does well possessionally, but Cadre has more um, offensive gifts and is no slouch himself uh, driving play. So, really love the Toronto, um, really love the direction they went with their hirings of the front office and who they got rid of. And Dubas came out just last night, I think, to Elliot Friedman in his 31 Thoughts podcast and said, Because all you know, you already got all these all the morons in Toronto media talking about, well, they have too many good players. Got to get rid of Nylander. And he's like, yeah, uh, I was going
1: was to bring that up. Yeah.
0: He's like, nah, he we're, we're actually going to keep them all and not sign Matt Martins. And that'll be how you do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he didn't exactly. say the Matt Martin part, but it's obvious you, you pay your fourth line very cheaply. And Pittsburgh's done that. Um, at times during the past few years where they have players that have been called up and, and contribute. And the Marlies just won the Calder Cup. Uh, who ran that team? I don't know. And <laughs> You're going to have a GM that's totally uh, knowledgeable about the prospects that they have because he's been the one signing them and orchestrating that level. He's going to know who can be called up, who who's worth what. And, you know, he's just going to have to get Babcock on board with playing young guys.
1: Well, that's, that's the thing for me, is that say they get themselves into a cap crunch. They've got Patrick Marleau on the books for this year and next year. Imagine if that was the reason they couldn't re-sign William Nylander or Nylander, however you want to pronounce it. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I like it who, just... It,
0: who drove it, that signing?
1: Well, that's yeah. That's kind of the uh, it, yeah. It seems to me that it, it's it's pretty clear who wanted to go in what direction, and who wanted to go in another. And I think Shanahan would have been much happier had he got his way, and not hired Lou, and just bought Dubas up.
0: Oh, I don't I think, know. I, I think, think that's what he sought out
1: Lou. Uh, I don't know. I, I take the uh, I take the Shannaban attitude in that he wants to see the game be better.
0: Lou drafted um, him, though.
1: Well, maybe that's all he needs is the heartstring pull, but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the thing for... Show him right
0: the ropes and how to do uh, networking and all that nonsense, but you still got to give Lou a little bit of power and decision-making. But once... Dubas learned all that. Yeah. It was see ya.
1: Throw him to the curb. Um they've got so much cap space still. And I know they've got guys that they're gonna to have to look at signing over the next couple of years, like, you know, the the three the the big three young guys that they've got. Um and you know, Neeland is the first of those that, that's gonna come up. But um yeah, don't get rid of him just because you think you've got a need for defensemen.
0: Hasn't Pittsburgh taught anybody anything?
1: They have. I think Dubis is well aware of that. Their defence there is good enough to 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 that team as it is right now is good enough to win a Stanley Cup if everything falls their way. And even if it doesn't, if they do have some um some adversity through, I can still see them winning. So you know, it can't be that bad.
0: No, it's not that bad. They're a fascinating team, and I love it.
1: I think the only thing that's going to be annoying for me is the rabidness of their fan base. And this is Pot Kettle Black being a Penguins fan. I get that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, fans are fans. I mean, they're going to do what they do. I, It's easier to block that out um but the on ice product should be pretty good as long as babcock doesn't like canadian Bab- Olympic it <laughs> <laughs> which will get you to win sometimes but it, boy he took the some of the best collections of players ever and made them pretty boring
1: it'll Just be it really it'll be really interesting to see if this team Gets totally locked down because of, you know, Mister Canada, and, and you you sit there and wonder whether the youth will chafe under that because the generations coming through now, they they are not afraid to stick up for themselves, which I think is fantastic.
0: Oh, and, I've and, got your your first Dubis uh, conflict.
1: Yep, giving it, give it, when give, it, he, give it. When
0: he wants to move on from Babcock to get someone in there that maybe is a little more uh pushes play forward kind of guy. Yeah. And gets ripped apart for wanting to part with uh, the best coach of a generation and and all that stuff. Oh, I think I think, that, I think that'll be your first uh nuclear bomb in Dubas's tenure.
1: The thing for me with Babcock is he's one of the the smartest coaches in regards to getting himself into a situation that is good for his reputation to have coached those Detroit teams, the way they were stacked was just, it was very clever and um, obviously getting the opportunity to be Canada's coach. Well, like you said, you look at the collection of players you're bringing together and nobody's going to say no to what Babcock wants you to do because you're playing for your country. So everybody will always curtail their role to make sure that they're on that team. And, are a part of that. So oh, it'll be I'm just it'll be curious to see what happens in two or three years time when that really young core of players hits their prime. Um, although they're basically right on top of it now, and they might feel like they're getting chafed because of the way Babcock likes to coach. I
0: think that'll be the first uh, thing. So well Here's the hoping that uh, Mike Babcock can figure out that Austin Matthews should be on the first power play. Yeah, well... <laughs> I still don't understand that shit. But they, they, um... They split it evenly, and it makes no sense.
1: They you joke, should never so, do that. No, just, like... Just load the whole thing up. Play with five forwards if you want to. Um, and, and do it that way. Because... You know, because you can't, basically.
0: Sullivan Somebody... tried it for like a millisecond and then was like, yeah.
1: <laughs> they um, Someone did, I can't remember who it was, did joke and just say, why don't you just play four forwards and a defenseman five on five with this lineup? And it's like, yeah, that works.
0: Well, I don't think we're close to this, but there is a lot of coaching, modern hockey coaching theory that is pushing the fuck forwards in defense. It's called total hockey. And everybody's just a moving part. Yeah. And you just fill in where you fill in. I mean, it's structured. It's not just five-on-five, pond hockey, do whatever the hell you want. It's structured. It's just that there aren't – it's F1, F2, F3, F4, F5. It's not forwards – Wingers in defense. Kind of. Yeah. Thing. Yep. I know what you, man. And um, I think Ryan Stimson's written about it. Uh, he, he's done a lot of pretty, uh, really in depth uh, coaching writing. So there's that where, you know, they'll call it four forwards, one defenseman, but at the same time, it's really not that either. It'll be interesting to see how soon those kind of um, concepts and theories are um, make their way through the ranks in hockey. I think that that's the next strategic step is to just come in waves, but calculated waves and not, uh, not worry about who's back or who's up. You, you just have players making plays.
1: Yeah, I mean, everybody generally knows where you're supposed to be and, and where you have to be to cover if somebody goes deep and those sorts of things. So it shouldn't matter what position's listed on the on the team sheet. It should just be, well, I know I need to be there, so I'll be there.
0: So I'm sure we'll have plenty of Tavares talk in the future because that story's not going away. Um A little bit south, Ryan O'Reilly out of Buffalo, and he's a very, very good center. Must have been some issues, uh, personality clashes, I'm guessing, because it couldn't be on ice value because O'Reilly had a very good season last year, even though the Sabres did not. The losing the love of the game comment,
1: I think, might have done his dash.
0: Nah, I think it's...
1: I reckon that was the straw on Camel's back.
0: Well, publicly, maybe. I think he didn't care for babysitting the younger kids on the team that were having, you know, being young kids. It's shaking off the losing probably a little more to his liking. Yeah. when, When he's been at the losing thing for quite a bit. Wants to be on a winning team and should uh, be now. Yeah, right. And um,
1: that St. Louis team looks pretty good, actually.
0: Yeah, they did really well. To um, I gotta give credit here, Uh, trading Stasny was terrible for uh, the 2017-18 season, but to get assets back on a player that wasn't gonna stay. Knowing that you're probably not a contender anyways, with Winnipeg and Nashville, and uh, you know Vegas coming out of nowhere. Yeah. And replacing that with O'Reilly, who's an upgrade was was pretty good. and and quite frankly, um, you know, uh, I, I don't really do Facebook much for hockey, but I do live in Western New York, so there was a lot of O'Reilly a talk about how Botterill fleece the blues and I, I don't agree. And I think we've certainly made it clear. We value, um, think Botterill's probably one of the better younger GMs in the league, Mm -hmm. but you know, he got two overpriced depth players in Sabatka and Berglund who, you know, the Sabres certainly do need to work on that center depth and, and get, NHL players, and they do have cap space, but those guys aren't really that great for for the value. Uh, First-round pick, which is lottery-protected, apparently, for St. Louis. Not that that I think that's even going to be a thing anyways, but that sucks on the minuscule chance that they land it. (laughs) The second-round pick's not for a few years, and the prospect from you know, I have to trust other people here, was not one of the Blues' top prospects.
1: No. But, I mean, you have a think about it. They picked up Peron. They got Tyler Bozak.
0: Um, oh, no, for St. Louis it's good. I'm saying for yeah, Buffalo. The, it's, oh, um, no, no,
1: no. I, I, yeah, I get what you mean. Like, yeah, it feels like it tipped. You know, what's the old saying? Whoever, Whoever gets the best player wins. It it feels very much that way for Saint Louis.
0: Unless you're trading Malkin for David Backus and TJ Oshi, you know, then <sighs> who really wins that trade? <laughs> um, but yeah, I wouldn't
1: surprise me if if Saint Louis have a, a bounce back here, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, should still got a um, couple of really good um, right handed defensemen. Which seemed to be um, a piece that most teams have to overpay for. So Fabry hopefully of... uh, returns from injury. He's a promising. Yeah. Tarasenko's great. Uh, there's, they got some talent there.
1: They have. The thing, the thing for me, though, it's probably going to ride on Jake Allen. Which version of him are they going to get? The shitty one, because that's the one they get every year. There you go. So they're gonna to have to sort that out, or oh, this team's gonna go nowhere. It's they're gonna. I mean, hit.
0: I'm all for the the minimalist goalie stuff, but you don't need to stick with the guy that sucks every year for like a decade.
1: No, well, talk to Pittsburgh.
0: Um, no, he. I mean, there were moments and years where he was good. Uh, Jake yeah, Allen, show me one where he. You know. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I've just
1: been an arsehole. Um, I know.
0: I <laughs> uh, oh, so for... think St. Louis will
1: do well because they've got Bo Bennett listed on their non-rostered players, so they'll be fine.
0: Bo, Bo didn't quite hit the his potential ceiling that I had for him, but
1: no, those are uh, the kind of guys
0: nice. that I would take a risk on rather than the pluggers.
1: Well, you take a risk on him rather than Knuckle, um, which is funny saying that because one of them has two Stanley Cups and the other one
0: has Zilch. Uh, That's not true. One of them has one. Bo Bo got one. Did he? First one. He got traded to the Devils after. He didn't get his name on the cup, but he he got a Uh, ring. I think he just fell below that threshold of getting his name.
1: Oh yes the dangerous threshold
0: but uh you know Buffalo I if you analyze just inside of the trade I, they were in a tough spot everybody knew they were going to move them uh Montreal what did Montreal do recently they do anything they did the
1: dummy thing and they got Steve Mason from
0: oh yeah that's right they um, picked up a lot of salary. yeah um Which I still don't understand. I mean, I guess they get a Joel Armia. Yeah. Which, you know, Joel I like because he used to play for the Amherst, and I liked his pattern for his stick that I used to have (laughs) access to. And all the other right-handed Americs since then have shitty-ass heel curves that make no fucking sense to me. So, Joel, shout-out to your normal mid-curve. Uh, it's, it's it resembles a p88 uh so yeah i like joel's um stick pattern so i'm always going to be a fan he got traded I love that. and my quality of stick uh went down because i'm at i mean i suppose i could go out and buy
1: no no why buy at stick? full
0: price or i could just continue to get the um extra pro stocks and try to figure out all these nonsense curves i had a who have I had the last few years? Ristalinen Ted um, Coletta. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cuz he, he was down with the Amherst for a bit before um, he retired. So, yeah. Oh, uh, Justin Bailey. A lot yeah. of heel curves, these young youngsters. So we'll see. Buffalo has three first-round picks next year. And Jeremy White, who uh, hosts co-hosts uh, the morning radio sports show in Buffalo with Howard Simon, has always said players over picks the last um, year or so because at some point you have to stop rebuilding and actually use these picks for tangible purposes. So... I do think they should be a players over picks uh, philosophy with these first rounders, Uh, you know, depending on where they are in the standings. They should probably um, push two to the center of the table, maybe even three, depending on the player. Because Eichel, him and Connor McDavid have been in the year or the league for what, three years now?
1: Well, yeah. So they're outside their ALCs. You're gonna they're have so to. Ready. You're
0: gonna have to start paying. Um, well, they already are paying Eichel, but Dolan is gonna have to be paid in three years, big time. There's gonna be no bridge deal there.
1: No, I'm actually really curious to see um, how this team meshes. It feels as though they've got enough guys that are in that mid twenty before they hit 30 age group, that they're not sort of aged out of each other. I mean, you know, you know, if Casey Middlestack can push through, like everyone's hoping he can.
0: Oh God, he's disgustingly good.
1: Yeah. You see? So, I mean, they might have some of the answers that they, you know, it really Sam doesn't Reinhart, get
0: traded without that.
1: Middlestat. yeah, I know. Um, you know, and hopefully Sam Reinhart can, can pen out a little better than he has thus far. Um, And then you plug Rasmus Darlene into that back end and all of a sudden everybody on that roster slides down one spot. You know, if you're going to play him on the top pairing, I would assume they'd work him up into that position, but I would be very surprised if they don't have the the quick turnaround that they thought Terry Murray was going to create. You know what I mean? Like they thought it was just going to go pop and then it didn't. So then he tanked and then couldn't get him out of the hole.
0: Yeah, and you know, they Connor Sherry is a nice pickup that costs them yeah, nothing. It is. Literally. A fourth round pick. It could well, it didn't cost them nothing. Here's the deal with that. On the surface, no problem with a fourth or a third round pick to get Connor Sherry. I think they need a left wing. I think he's shown that he can play with good players. Or great players, like Sid. Mm. That's such a stupid statement. Why did I say that? He's shown he could play with great – well, no shit. They're great players. How the fuck could you not? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the chemistry stuff gets overrated by certain – Sid's difficult to – no, Sid is not difficult to play with. It's actually the opposite. Um, Matt Hunwick is actually an upgrade on their defense, so say what you will about that. But they made their defense core better because Josh George's won't be playing.
1: And, Neither will Jack Johnson.
0: Well, no. Although I, I would say he would probably even be an upgrade for them too because that's how bad it's been. <laughs> but Sherry coming in, they've, they've got some some things to work with. They've got three first-round picks. It'll be interesting to see um, where they go with a lot of this. Uh Losing Ryan O'Reilly, that's big because he's really good. I think he's really good at least. And, you know, maybe they hit on that prospect. He had like 18 points in 30 AHL games last year. He's 20 years old, I think. Yeah. Which is still on, uh, depending on certain metrics, I happen to um, use the Josh Weisbach ones from a few years ago. I should probably update. I know Manny just released. Um, Yo, league, you saw that list? Calc- <laughs> yeah, league calculator <laughs> stuff. I, I haven't been able to dig into it. Uh, but, you know, 18 points in 30 games at the AHL at 20 is not terrible. Next year, if he's not up with the Sabres, if he's here in Rochester, it'll have to be a point per game to track it. Um, an NHL career, so you know, and who knows Sabatka and Berglund, they'll be fine I don't like the Berglund contract but whatever the only
1: thing that could be an issue for them is leg speed with those two guys
0: Yeah, that's all because this
1: this team, you can tell, will will be built on a quick transition, get the puck up go, 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 because that's what all their best players are they're gonna try and work out how to fit in amongst that somehow, so
0: Yeah. Eichel and Middlestat will be fun because um they'll if they're on the ice with Dolan... Man, think holy oh, shit, that power play. Phil Housley better not fuck that power play up because yeah. you've got Middlestat <laughs> on the half wall, opposite of Eichel on the half wall with Dolan up top. And then you can
1: throw a posto so just in front of the net.
0: Maybe. I forgot about him to be honest. <laughs> that was uh Tim Murray. Fucking A. <laughs> so you know, that that was a big trade. Um I guess the other big trade we'll cover um is the Dougie Hamilton one, which man, I don't get it. They go the way out the door, I tell you. Museum going scholarly young boy that does charity and is really excellent at playing hockey. And he's on his third team. Apparently, he pouted after his brother got traded. So what? I mean, it's family.
1: I don't understand these Canadian teams. I really don't.
0: I think Lindholm. Elias Lindholm is an okay player. I don't think he's ever going to hit the perceived ceiling that maybe some people thought for him. He's just one of those... Yeah, he's a nice player. Um, Hannafin, you know.
1: Well, that's the big one. You know, I I literally just started listening to the uh, latest 31 Thoughts Podcast, not the latest on the one prior I'm a, a couple of weeks behind everyone and um it was it was funny hearing Friedman say if Hannafin can get a little bit of nastiness about him he'll be a great player so it's it's funny hearing that not just from Friedman but reading it from a few different sources that they think that he's a little soft and that you know Calgary are banking on the fact that he he might not be considering that they've got rid of They got rid of Hamilton for, you know, not being a great team guy. It's just, weird.
0: And that leaves Carolina in a great spot because they have really great, up there with Nashville, defense core. And that's really – see – I don't think they should trade Justin Falk just because oh well we got so many good defensemen now. I'd be okay if they got an impact forward for him, and I do think Falk's trade value is probably a little bit higher than perceived value. Yeah. And they're don't trying know. to and they're already trying to move on from Skinner, which I do get. He's pending UFA. But he's still only twenty six. I know, but do you want that next contract? Eight million. Well, it's not
1: like it's going to screw their cap up, though. They're already well under. They've got, you know, Pesci signed at just over four. Dahans signed at four and a half. Slaven signed at five point three. Dougie Hamilton's through until twenty twenty one at five point seven. I I I see no reason to to move Skinner and like you said Fork. Um, it just for the sake of it, I take the flyer on that contract.
0: Yeah, he does score a lot of goals.
1: That—that's all. Like you said, this is a team that struggles to actually score. He is the one player that is consistently scored for this roster. You know, stalls a lot of great things. But after his rookie year, he's not exactly what I'd call a sniper. So
0: motherfucker put up thirty his rookie year. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Man, and who would have thought, like, I mean, the people going crazy over that in year one. I mean, that made sense. Like, holy crap, number two overall pick, 30 goals, of course, more of this. Yeah. And his true value was um, obviously in driving play and shutting down the best in the league, which he still is excellent at, uh, but he's not been at that 30 goal, but um, isn't, Is it Sheshnikov? I mean they got another impact player at number two. Yeah, so it'll be I I think there's arguments for moving and keeping.
1: Yeah, but you gotta make your mind up pretty soon. And like they are pushing to move him. But that's that's the thing. Like if I was Skinner I'd be like, oh fuck, they obviously don't really want me, but yeah, what do you do? When they've been so public about trying to move him.
0: Or even Falk. You fall. kind of I, have to, now, don't I you? mean, Falk, okay, you could probably get Dreisaitl. <laughs> well,
1: fuck, do that any day of the week. I know you said <laughs> well, don't just move Falk, but like you said, move it for a quality forward asset. Do that. <laughs> Solves the Jordan stall problem. He doesn't have to be number one center anymore.
0: Oh, man. And you
1: can't oh, rule it out. Please do that. You can't please rule do it that. out. That would, be, that would be beautiful if that happened.
0: It's, I mean, so, it'd be, it'd it's so crazy you can't rule it out. But... This is true. Somebody's going to uh... overpay for Falk. Could be Chicago. I don't know what they have, though. Chicago sucks now. Yeah, Shine, Shine really wore off them as soon as the contracts had to be paid.
1: It's, it's funny.
0: You get there and you say that. It does show you the durability
1: of, and, and, and the brilliance of the Capitals, that they haven't, they only had one year out of the playoffs. The Penguins, how they've managed to, to stick it um, in this particular era. Because Chicago did sort of go sky high and were awesome for a couple of years and then sort of, you know,
0: well, yeah, really the hit, hit the deck. Pain.
1: Yeah. Amazing. I mean, San Jose, same thing. Their ability to come back year after year after year and, and be, you know, be at that top end and make the playoffs. It's, it's amazing.
0: So, you know, I'm going to probably fall into the same trap that a a lot of um, my Twitter followers, or people I follow, sorry, um, fall into every year is, this is Carolina's year to make the playoffs. (laughs) 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 But, you know, it's tough to, like, Scott Darling's not going to be that bad. Is he really going to be that bad again? Uh, I hope not. And then oh, they oh, just my, picked my up, second favorite um, player
1: is Jordan. My second favorite player is Jordan Staal. I would like to see him make the playoffs and do well in the playoffs. Like that's sort of the the reality of it. They just picked up
0: another goalie. Carolina. I did. wouldn't.
1: I wouldn't want to. If Darling collapses, you, you're going
0: to get either. Oh, Peter Mrazek. Yeah, that's a pretty you're good backup. Get either,
1: Well, yeah, yeah, and no, depending on which version you get.
0: Yeah, but, like, what version you, like, it's not Cam Ward. See, straight away, you've got an upgrade. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you're not relying on Cam freaking Ward as one of your wild cards. Now, Scott Darling's the only wild card. Well, no, false, Morazic as well. But, like, Morazic's a a better bet than Cam Ward. I mean, we have a decade worth of Cam Ward.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. we know what you're going to get from there. I mean, it's all right.
0: We went to Chicago,
1: so that's fine. Well, is there anything else you want to cover off in amongst all of this this stuff that we've got through today? Yeah. Point?
0: Lastly, um, we'll finish with Pittsburgh just quickly. I was we were going to do some Vancouver stuff, but that was just going to be um, lowbrow, making fun of. Uh, Same Lou Lamarillo stuff So apply that to Jim Benning From earlier in the podcast (laughs) (coughs) Pardon me Uh, Just uh, Matt Cullen I guess Why? Yeah I mean People are going to say there's no risk One year 650k and You know I agree That's the least risk contract For signing Cullen However, I, I look at the Minnesota year, not only the Minnesota year, but his last year in Pittsburgh was sharply down uh, possession-wise. And then, if, he was at 40% last year. Yeah. 40! That's like still shit. It, it
1: shows you that there's like a delay in the effect general managers have on a team. So, bottle relieves, there's still a little bit of his um, roster permeating in the 2016 17 roster, and Rutherford, you know, in the preseason before that year, did a few things that everyone kind of questioned. We get to the end of the year that we've just had, a few more things that you sort of start to question. We'll see how the team plays out. I mean, they've got a great one, two, three punch up the middle as long as everyone stays healthy. Um, the team is still a good team.
0: Yeah, that but... was. it would have taken a Herculean task to fuck up the Penguins roster to the point where they weren't good, if we're being honest.
1: Yeah, but the thing is that this team isn't about being good. This team is about trying to add another cup to the legacy of some of these players. And it's the edges that are going to make the difference. Like The reason Washington beat Pittsburgh were the edges. The players that traditionally for Washington didn't do it, did. And and Pittsburgh's edge players couldn't. Yeah. And they've just added more fringy edge players to that. If, if you're right and Jeff Johnson's going to get played in the second pairing, I feel so sorry for Schultz or Mata, whoever ends up having to play with him.
0: I feel bad for anybody. I know, but you know what I mean. But the Cullen thing, like, I'm really glad Rowney, Coonhockle, that kind of stuff, is gone. Reeves gone. All oh, getting God-ski. contracts, they, you know, are above what they need. But for other teams, so whatever. Uh, one for Lou, too, by the way. Coonhockle going to the Isles. Did
1: you see what Rowney got going to the Ducks?
0: yeah. Three years. He's not even played uh, eighty games worth of NHL, and he it wasn't even for minimum. Like, what could you possibly see from he him? He suits
1: that. He suits that coach though. Like that's that's the thing. If you're the general manager and the coach is asking for a certain type what's of what's
0: that? Score three points in a uh, in a blowout against Ottawa in the conference final, and then never do shit again.
1: Yep, pretty much. But you know what I mean.
0: But fits
1: Rennie any all to a titty.
0: back to Colin. the roster spots the value piece here, and I'm not so sure Colin wants to come back another year in the n h l at at a veteran minimum to not play. You know what I mean? I don't view this as oh well he'll be he'll be the thirteenth forward. I think he if he's not the fourth line center, which as of right now, he should not be because. We've discussed the center depth. Yep. Although I have a feeling Broussard, that signing was to bump Sheehan up and use Broussard um, for something. You know know he's not done trading.
1: No, and that's what petrifies me. This team at the moment... His trades have been better than
0: his signings. I'll give him that.
1: Yeah, that's true. But you look at this team, and it's a Stanley Cup contending team, and with a hot Matt Murray, or if you want to put it another way, a normal Matt Murray, um, they could win the whole thing again. So if he doesn't touch this roster, it's still a good quality roster. Um, I don't want people to think that just because they've got Jack Johnson, I think this team's down the plug hole.
0: No, but... it's just the five... We did a whole podcast on it. Sorry, but...
1: exactly. It's one of those things where they have flexibility now to change their lineup as they go through the year. They can push Broussard up onto the wing. Um, They could even push um, Riley Sheehan up onto the wing if they want.
0: And Um, and Rutherford did say as much, all three of those guys can play left wing. I just don't... I, I think Broussard and Sheehan should be third and fourth line center. I think there's more value in that, especially for Sheehan. I know they're paying 2 mil and it's a 4th line, but this isn't a Matt Martin 2 mil. This is this guy can actually play a little bit if put in the proper role, not elevated, which 4th um, line And that's the risk you run.
1: If you push him up into that 3rd line, he is elevated past... He's an, he's an excellent 4th line center and a just below average 3rd line center. So if you push him up there and you're going to have Kessel play on that 3rd line, you're asking Kessel to do too much of the work. If you play Broussard on that 3rd line... Castle has somebody to play catch with.
0: Yeah. Or whoever. Sprong or you know Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right wing is pretty well stacked for for the team. At least I think. I mean, clearly they're gonna play Sprong somewhere. That'll be interesting to see. Um be interesting to see where Hornquist goes. Out the door. No Um, (laughs) That that boat is sailed Um, The time was before the extension So Um, But yeah uh, You have Chris Kunitz who who got a million From the Blackhawks who I thought You know for a mil fourth line left wing And uh, I suppose Anthony Duclair is still Out there with um, some ties to Pittsburgh wanting him That would be another left wing option So When you, I would rather have gone that route than the Matt Cullen one. And yes, again, I don't need to be told one year 650K is not exactly the highest risk. No, it's the roster
1: spot like you said at the start.
0: But I feel as though Sullivan and Rutherford's ties to Cullen will cloud the deployment. And that could be an issue.
1: Because it's one of those things where if he comes out for all the defensive zone draws, which is what they did both years, they won the cup with Cullen there, um, and he still gets caved, and he still gets caved in like at forty percent. What's the point of having him out there winning the draw? Because you can't get out of the zone.
0: And I don't think he's all that great of a penalty killer either.
1: We're too slow now, and yeah. they've got better options in there anyway.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, I hear my youngest child yelling in the other room.
1: Okay, well you better go. <laughs> I
0: think that I think we we covered a lot of the major things that have happened, so um yeah, see us out.
1: Right, well you know where to find us, obviously on Twitter at hockey underscore hertz, at gonna stall, at Walshie Sixty Six. You can find us on iTunes. Please rate us there if you can. That would be fantabulous. Um, we are on Patreon, uh, patreon.com backslash If you want to donate to said podcast. Um, thank you for all your support. We are looking as though we're going to get a bit of a schedule in now, which would be nice. Um, you can find Ryan's writing at uh, uh, hockeybuzz.com. And if I ever do actually write something, I'm at HockeyHurts.com.
0: Awesome. All right, we'll see you next time.
1: Adios.